welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. So we're here with Robert Trent, and I, I know Robert as the, uh, the, the head of the guitar department at Radford University in the beautiful, beautiful southwestern part of Virginia. Um, and Robert's also a specialist in uh, 19th century performance practice on guitar and, and has had a really fantastic duo with, with his wife, who's a piano forte specialist. Robert, how are you? I'm well, Carl. Thanks for inviting me. Well, thanks for being here. It's great. So, what what have you been up to? How's the uh, how's how's the uh, situation been treating you there over the past year? It's been kind of weird for most of us, I think. <laughs> Absolutely, learning new things. Some of which I <laughs> hope I don't have to continue. But <laughs> uh, the online uh, teaching and online performing is not my forte, I guess. I'm not neo luddite, but I'm just I'm just tired. I want live everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I I hear that. I hear that. You know, it's 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 funny because one of the things that, that I've, I've talked to a lot of people about is this idea that, you know, I I it took me a while when I start started doing the online teaching. You know, in my brain, it was like this idea that it was going to be temporary. So I didn't really think much about it. Like, yeah, we'll, do, we'll get through. We'll just do this for a little while. And I started with my phone. You know, I was just doing like FaceTime on my phone. Um, I didn't have Internet at home at the time. I didn't even have a broadcast, broadband connection at home. You know, and then it took several months for me to realize, oh, this isn't, this isn't so temporary after all. Maybe I should you know, make this a better situation. And, and, and I started, you know, tweaking my setup and getting equipment and, you know, and it, the sad thing is the difference in terms of the audio quality and the experience is so marginal. You know, I, I put all this effort into getting this great setup and everything, trying to make it as best as possible. And really, it just it stinks to listen to people play guitar over the Internet. <laughs> I know that's the whole problem. Well, it's not the whole problem, because what you just mentioned, and I don't know if you've, you, you've probably experienced it. You just hadn't mentioned it yet is that students maybe have the worst possible thing or no connection or it's just <laughs> he's here and he's gone and it, you know and even when he's here the sound is terrible so that that's what nobody likes about it right you know? um, it's like everything takes three times the effort you know and, yeah and time and more time more effort and for like that much better, <laughs> something, better something yeah and yeah, yeah. The sad part is I I, I lost um, I lost one student at the university because he could not connect. Oh my gosh! Really? He just dropped out. And I'm not sure that's his whole reason, but you know, we just we just couldn't have a lesson. So that's terrible. Is and was it was it a situation where he didn't have access to the technology that he needed? Right. Right. It's this is going back to when everyone was pushed off campuses altogether. Yeah. And uh, he was out in an even more rural part of Virginia than I'm in. Right. And there was just nothing there. And his family didn't have anything and they couldn't. And 
I, I'm sure it's just not just my class. I mean, right? He, 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 he oh, yeah, I'll, I'm sure. There was no and I'm sure he's not the only student to have been put in this situation, you know, nationwide, worldwide, right? So, you know, that brings up some interesting questions in terms of access and... Um, Inequalities. Inequality, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. social stratification, all of these things. That's yeah. really terrible. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm extremely sad to hear this tale. And it's something, yeah, so like unintended, talk about unintended consequences. But one of the things, too, I think, you know, if you think about a lot of the social movements that have taken place over the past year, um, you know, and I, I hope that, that this is a silver lining. I hope. I don't, I, you know, maybe, maybe hope is the wrong word because I tend to be pretty cynical about such things. But, you know, maybe, maybe this will help us focus on some of these issues and, and maybe, you know, take aims to, to make them better in the future. I don't know. It seems, I think everybody's tired right now. You know, that's, that's what I'm seeing. And that's what I, that's certainly what I'm feeling. It's like, you know, as, as the, uh, as the sun's starting to break through the clouds and, and we're, we're starting to quote, get back to normal, whatever the heck that means. And I, I think I'm so uncomfortable with the idea of what used to be normal. It's, that's a weirdness in and of itself too. Like just actually having a conversation with somebody in real time in the same room, I'm finding to be challenged because I'm not used to it. I know. Well, it it wasn't that long ago, like maybe a month, when my wife and I had a couple over to the house, and I go to the door and I went, oh, faces. <laughs> what do I do with it? <laughs> right. There's this, this this like conditioned paranoia underneath there now. Yeah, it's very strange. And, I, and I'm really, you know, the words you mentioned. I'm along with tired. I, I'm tired of the word normal, and especially yeah. the word normal. Oh my gosh. You know, but no, 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 no. When you use that word, what do you mean? I, I don't think anybody knows. Right. So let's, let's, I wish it would just go away. That yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah, it's like, it becomes, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a symbol. The word becomes a symbol for, you know, how, how it used to be and how we were all used to it in kind of a, subconscious maybe a sleep way you know and again thinking thinking hopefully you know maybe maybe we can wake up a little bit from that from that slumber i you know again i, I don't know who knows but it's it's just so strange now you know it's it's so funny and and part of the irony of it is is this idea that you know a year ago we were hoping that, that it would be like this again soon and now that it's it's kind of getting back there it's like nobody knows what to do with it and, and there's all these residual things left over and it's so strange so you i imagine your 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 academic year is completed at this point right did right. you do any in-person teaching at all i was totally face to face oh really the entire like when did that start uh, well, not last spring, you know, but but in the fall, well, before we came back, I wanted to think about, we were, we were given options. Okay. Choose, faculty could choose. And um, I, <laughs> as we started this conversation, I hated it. <laughs> so I went into my studio and it was, it's an old building and it's 12 feet from the door to the window. Okay. <laughs> what we knew, I went in with a tape measure, you know, and, and I, I put a chair at the door, and, and I, I have a, I, it's an old building, so window's open. And I opened the window, and I said, okay, that's still 10 feet, and we're gonna be masked, 
And I put a sign on the door. It said, knock and step back six feet. <laughs> and then I say, sit in the chair right by the door, you know, and I put a stand for the kid's computer if, he, if we wanted to share. Right. Because there's some good things, right? We could share the score and I can write on it, right? It can annotate and he sits back. I really like that. What were you using to do that? Um, four score and Zoom. Okay. So, you know, when I shared my screen and Zoom, well, actually, I told them to send me their rep. Mm -hmm. Mark on it. No. Actually, I grade them on how they mark their scores. Nice. I want to see phrasing, fingerings, and an analyses. Um, right. Now, were you do Were you doing that before? Is that something that you've? Killed? I was. Yeah, good for you. It was almost like I mean, unconsciously. I mean, and there was no intention there right. for this. It was really so that they'd send all this in in advance of their lesson, making them think before nice. they got fingers on the guitar. Yeah. And I was saying, look, it makes our time more efficient because I can say, look, this you don't get this. Oh, you get that. And and mm -hmm. right. Instead of waiting for them to get to the 40th measure and then say, well, <laughs> so, so that was a blessing in disguise um, that I carried that use of four score um, yeah. into the Zoom environment. Um, and I forgot why I was set that up. But, but anyway, that was one good thing that, that, that came out of this. And I'm obviously going to continue with that. Um, the other thing is, um, yeah, out of out of the frustration. Oh, I know where I was going with this. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> I understand completely. <laughs> yeah, you were talking about like we were asleep and I'm waking up. My brain is starting to wake up better. I noticed this, you know, but there's still a residual like fog. Anyway, so um, I, I was researching during that whole time from last spring through the summer, there's gotta be something out there that's gonna solve this lag, this delay, and sound quality. Well, I found it. Oh, really? <laughs> and so I lobbied my department in the university to purchase it. Okay, what is it? Uh, Soundjack. Okay, yeah, a friend of mine, Ian Howell, I don't know if you've run across his name <laughs> That's exactly how I learned about it because Ian Hal grew up in Blacksburg, right near. Right. Oh, of course. Right. Yes. He, he. Well. Okay. Small world moments here. Um, Ian Howell was a student, an undergraduate student in percussion at Capital University when I started teaching there back in the early '90s, and he was one of the the first people. You know, I was just having this conversation about Ian with somebody recently. As long I've known him for, like I guess going on 25 years now. Um, and as long as I've ever known him, he is always the first person to dive into new water. Like, you know, like he was he, he was he was very innovative in the early times at Capitol of digital recording. Like he was the first person that I knew that had a really good digital recording set up at home and back at a time when nobody was doing that, when it was still like really, really new. Um, and I got to working with him back in those days and he was responsible for a lot of what I, I did with, with my recording setups and he did some recording projects with me and that kind of thing. Um, and then over the years we had, we, we'd always talk about when he started putting his, his focus into being, being more of a singer than, than a percussionist, well, you know, we always talked about, Oh, we should do Dallin sometime. And they like, just 
you know, it never happened. And then the day before he was leaving to go sing for Chanticleer in San Francisco, he came over to my house to drop some stuff off that he had borrowed. And literally as he was on his way out the door, I said, you know what? We've been talking about this for years. Come downstairs and sing a Dallin song with me. And then four hours later, we, we were still sitting there going through every bit of vocal repertoire that I that I could pull out of my collection and uh, that that's how that got started and then I, I did some touring with him which was just fantastic oh. some of the best gigs I, I ever did um, and then yeah he landed in, in New England and, and got the got all this stuff going and he recently he contacted me recently about the Soundjack thing and at the time like the only computer I had was like a 2009 iMac that I bought secondhand from the university and I, I just don't I don't do much with computers um, and and he's like yeah that's not gonna work for you so I, I have a better computer now but it's 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 interesting so yeah so how did you how did you uh, yeah he's from Blacksburg it's like yeah, he grew up there well we you know we had connected through Facebook and okay um, and uh, I think it was through an online group of higher ed teachers music okay. trying to figure out what they were going to do yeah and i caught him talking about this in my conversation with somebody and i followed that for a while and i said hmm this sounds like it might be for real yeah so i followed his experiments with it you know with the two singers and i mean right from this you know whatever it was mary had a little lamb or something right and and uh after a while when it included more people i thought okay i'm ready to try to you know talk my department into it so you know we purchased a small number of uh the fast music boxes uh -huh, sure you think together all in one and um it, you know it's uh, it's great so yeah so there's some good things coming out of this there are things that are going to carry forward i imagine um when i pitched that i was already thinking in my mind this has to be something also that we're going to use after pandemic. <coughs> excuse me yeah, yeah and of course it, it, it can be it will be so there are parallel learning experiences and parallel technologies and yeah you know, we're, we're going to go forward with um, and that's one i'm i'm all on board with because when i imagine um it, it will help schools with a small budget like ours. Um, you could bring a person into your group, perform with them virtually on stage, and, and teach them. And they, can, and they can be anywhere, right? And you don't have to pay for the flight. <laughs> you know, that, exactly. That's, yeah. that's what I'm referring to with saving. You know? So, um, yeah, there's that. And I've done some online concerts. Um, None of them were, uh, you know, streamed live. They were recorded. Right. Um, I think the hosts didn't want to take risks with sure, this connection. Right, 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 right. It was a smart thing to do. It's a, it's an interesting thing that you know. I, I did, I did a couple over over the time, and then I, you know, with with the Irish music, I've, I've been doing like every week, like an Irish happy hour. Just let's play tunes for an hour on live. Um, on Facebook, and the the thing that is is interesting to me about it is, I've had access to larger audiences than you know I've ever played for in person, you know. But at the same time, on the other hand, they're not really in the same room with me. The synergy and that 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 whole um, interplay that that you have with a live audience 
isn't happening, you know. I mean, it, it, and I, I did I did a full length program, and it was a situation I had I had prepared this program for a concert. I I hadn't done any solo playing, like solo classical guitar playing for for many years. I've been doing a lot of chamber music, and and, and focusing on recording and stuff. And I kind of was getting getting the getting the urge to get back to some of that. And and I had an opportunity, and I got in touch with a, a presenter and said, hey, you know. Let's let's work this out. And I, I had booked the first con first solo concert that I had booked in many 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 years. And I was on top of the program, felt really great. And then the pandemic hit. It's like, well, you know, well, I guess I should do an online concert and got them involved, you know, with the with the PR and the sponsorship and everything. But it was just such a strange experience to sit there in a room all by myself and like, here I am playing a concert in my room. You know, it was so bizarre. But on the other hand, like. A couple hundred people were listening to it, which was, you know, I've, I've never played for an audience of a couple hundred people as a soloist. I mean, that's just not not anything at all. Um, so I think it's 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 weird. I'm I'm curious now, um, if if the future holds this idea that that hey, we can. I mean, I guess we could have done this before. I just never did. Like, you know, how about a live concert and it's also streamed at the same time? And I know people have done that. I know that's a thing. But like, it, now is it going to be? I wonder if it's just going to be like just the normal thing that everybody. Of course, we're streaming it because that's what we do now. You know, and and I just wonder how that's how that's all going to go. And it's 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 pretty curious. But I'm curious. I'm curious with the, with more of the soundjack stuff. Were you using that for your lessons with your students um, in the academic um, year? I. I didn't because, like I said, I I um, I worked out the face-to-face -face thing. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. When 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 people could come back on campus again, right. and um, <laughs> I had a plan A and plan B. Um, I, I lobbied I lobbied hard for face-to-face, -face and you know, my chairman was saying, "Oh, I don't know. Are you sure?" Do you I'm concerned about? He says, you're on the cusp of the, and I said, I know I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> on the cusp. <laughs> That's such a nice way of putting that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good chairman would say, right? Yeah. Good manager. So, um, but I said, look, as I, as I just told you a few minutes ago, yeah, I measured in there. We're both masked. The, the window's open. Um, what I didn't tell him, but I told my students and I told them to keep it a secret. The plan A, and, and I had buy-in on this. I said, oh, come in, look at my studio and see if that looks good to you. There's a fan by the window, the open window. I'm not, no longer teaching back-to-back. -back. There'll mm -hmm. be a minimum of an hour between students with that fan on, nobody in the room. Yeah. Open. There you go. Um, but then, because it was fall and it was beautiful, next to our main library is a bricked, brick walled, low brick wall um, garden. Oh, perfect. Trees, two benches, eight feet apart. Perfect. I said, you guys tell anybody the trombones will win. They'll go. <laughs> <laughs> so there had to be, there are a couple of miscommunications about, you know, changing weather. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a really cold day, and I figure I don't have to tell him about this, right? <laughs> I'm waiting in the garden. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, but here's the funny thing about, you know, what what should we have been doing all along? Um, I started giggling as I'm packing up, walking out with my last student. He says he's looking at me like oh, he's lost it. It's kind of crazy. But no, no, no. I said, look. 
why aren't we always doing this? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Should have been doing this all all the time. So right. I'm still thinking that I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna claim that space. Walk in there and yeah, absolutely. Eat. Yeah, it, it, it's if we have an audience. If we have an audience, sure. Yeah, even better. Yeah, and and you know it's it's funny because it's it's such a simple thing, but the pivot to actually consider doing that, you know, you had to you had to be nudged by by something that. To, wasn't so pleasant, you know. It's 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 interesting. It's really interesting. One one of the things again that, that I've found myself talking to to a lot of people about recently is this idea, you know, we are people with creative minds, you know, we and and, and we will find ways to create. That's you know, it, like the world shuts down. That doesn't shut down shut down the creativity. It just you know, maybe we focus it a little differently. And I think that's really interesting to look at all the the interesting ways that. Uh, the folks have, have dealt with those challenges, you know, it's like, you, you can't, you, you, you might, you might bump it somewhere else, but it's not going to, it's not going to go away. It's going to find its expression. And I think it's, it's fantastic, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and even more, um, as if we needed any justification or evidence or anything that, that, you know, the creative minds are, are, are essential. And, and we, you know, we, we need that in our society. We need that everywhere and, and everybody needs it. And, and it's, you know, you know, it, I think it's it's a testament to the, the that spirit, you know. Yeah, and the, you know the people that did. You know, I did I did all the things, right? Like I did some you know music from home concerts. I did some online benefit concerts, um, and I, I resisted a little bit of the virtual guitar orchestra thing. And then I finally said, you know what? No, what am I waiting for? I I, I don't want to pass that by. Maybe I will like it. Maybe it's something I can do with my students. Don't be so selfish. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you saw that one. Now I'm, I'm going to forget them. Well, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, Azariah Azariah Felton. Okay. To do the piece. And, and, and an animator whose name I unfortunately forgotten. Oh, wow. So it wasn't like a thousand faces, which I was okay. thinking of. Yeah. So there was, the animation was the visual and it was beautiful. I mean, I, I cried when I watched it. Oh my gosh. I sent that to other folks who weren't necessarily classical guitarists or guitarists at all. Sure. And, and everyone has seen the, you know, the thousand faces. And they said the same thing, like, oh, the animation was just beautiful. So, uh, oh, Hearts Together, as a rise okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's still out there. Um, so I did that, was, and I took the hardest part. Because <laughs> everything was like a 16th after the beat. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I have to say, I was challenged by that. Um, That's all right. <laughs> totally click track and do that. In fact, I didn't. I, ultimately, I listened to the MIDI of the entire orchestra because I felt like I was much more a part of the ensemble then. How many and, parts? Uh, seven. Okay. And how many how many students did you have playing on it? Um, and then I had my ensemble do it. Well, you okay. know, some doubling, there was doubling, and I played with them. Oh, did I already say that? Okay, but, yeah. but I, I, so after I recorded that with the people that were invited, um, 
and I, and I wrote to them and I said, Hey, can I, can I have the score and perform it? Not for money, my student ensemble, I'm going to have them do it. And that, that was kind of a throw in the deep end for them. Huh? They did a fantastic job. Uh, performed that. We performed it in with a multi-arts experience, actually in this space. I mean, oh my gosh. with an atrium. With, um, during the pandemic, people walked across the opposite wall and went into an art exhibit just across from me. And then there were dancers. Oh my gosh. And there was stuff outside uh, with theater. And so that, that was new. But what I wanted That's to amazing. Get, the bigger point here was at the end of the semester, I sat in front of my ensemble and I said, you guys, I wrote a list of everything we did this semester. We've done more this semester and more different, unique, yeah. first yeah. time experiences yeah. than before. You guys all get A's. I can't believe you did this. That's awesome. That is so cool. That is, you know, and again, you know, you just this idea that we're, we're going to do it no matter what. And and finding new and exciting ways to do it is, I mean, like who would have ever expected that's the case. But uh, on the other hand, there's also this thing of at, at times like these when, you know, people are really stressed out and tired and, and are confused and stressed, you know, what what a time that we even need these things all the more, right? You know, um, I think this is becoming even more critical. And, and it's a way I mean. I yeah. think what you just described to me, I mean, what what a tremendous experience that must have been for for anybody to to experience it. Plus, you know, I mean, just just in and of the experience itself. But then to have to have the opportunity to have that experience in the midst of all this, like, just uh, terrible time. Fantastic. I mean, that's just that's awesome. Yeah, I. I... Each thing was an individual consideration and decision, my part, as, as to how much to give that. At the same time, I'm hearing from colleagues around the campus and online, like, oh, everybody's stressed out. You know, we're just going to be more lax with them. I mean, intentionally pulling back from pushing students, right? Yeah. Giving them more leeway. And... And what I what I observed or heard from my colleagues is that with that um, lack of ex expectations and deadlines and holding students to that, the students did worse. Right. And they didn't do the next deadline and they didn't right. do the next project. And the teacher's response was to keep going back. And I looked at what was done here and I said, um, I don't. I don't know. It was just what you said, Carl. I said, um, no, they needed this. It's obvious. I mean, they were stressed already. Right. True. Something and true. I could have I could have reacted that way and said, yeah, you know, but, but I I think intrinsically I knew. Yeah. For my 60 plus years. Okay, I'll just say it. I'm gonna be 65 this summer. You look uh, great. <laughs> but that that I know why I need it. I know what it's done for me. I know what arts and music and creativity has done to sustain me, to enrich me. Yeah. So I think I just knew to, to just 
keep doing it. Do it. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and they responded, like I said, that was really a virtual piece. It was to be recorded. Yeah. But we did it live. And it was the first live performance of that. Oh, that's oh, And cool. in that same concert, we could, that wasn't long enough for this multi-arts right. thing that we did. So there were other, other music that standard we did. But I also had a trio, an electric trio, that I said, okay, we're just going to, uh, they had kind of, the three of them had a similar interest anyway, which was, what, what can we do with some like really unusual scales? I said, okay, let's pull out, let's pull out the, um, the boomerang and the other um, layering tools that we have. Yeah. And we're going to lay down parts. But here's the scale. And I'm going to give you, let's say, a seven, eight rhythm. Oh, cool. And you do it. Right. You do it. I mean, you're going to have to give cues to each other. Um, in fact, I, I, it was a very uh, simple framework so that they could work with it. And I'd never done this with students before, but hearing their interest, again, right? You can feed their interest that also pushes them. Right. So I said, um, okay, so how many different ways can you do this uh, seven, eight? I said, somebody clap, you know, two plus three plus three. Right. And I said, okay, so yeah, but you can move that around. What if you do three, two, three? And then this, oh, oh, and I said, okay, you guys decide who's doing which one. And at some point, somebody, you're going to catch eyes and the guy who's switch. doing version number two, you switch. Right. And they loved it. it was, that's fantastic. That, that's so cool. Yeah. I, it, it's, you know, just meeting challenges and, and it, not not insurmountable challenges, but just things that, that you, you know, until you're forced to, to kind of face them, you, you don't. And, and right. I think, like, you know, this, this idea of being asleep and, and is, is really, really, really kind of speaking to me. It's, it's this... Uh, the inertia of doing things the way that we've always done them because we've always done them that way and they and they kind of work right you know um but uh yeah it just tilting the tilting the playing field just a little bit is uh you know <laughs> it kind of throws I, you I off balance that, and it, it, it forces really, you to find creative solutions you know well, I, I really like how the way you said that yeah. just then and, and earlier in our talk about you know like sleepwalking yeah in, in in the same space <laughs> right right yeah absolutely you know we're moving we were moving around in a smaller space right or spaces smaller yeah. seeing fewer people smaller parts of those people yeah <laughs> less and, less and less and less and less and less you know that's totally contrary to what we know that's been the science about the brain and music, right? Yeah. And Alzheimer's specifically, right? Right. right. That that we can delay or or even push off Alzheimer's because the brain has the capability, the musical brain especially, has the capability to create new pathways, and that's healthy because it's an yeah. organ, it's alive. Yeah, yeah. So I I think I don't think I had a conscious. Um, I know that stuff, but I don't think that consciously affected my decisions that I, things we're talking about. I think they happen one at a time yeah. as a 
And you were set up for that. I mean, you had you you had the tools. You had right there, ready to go. And and it's like, okay, well, let's these these forces are being marshaled into action. You know, and it's a it's neat. It's very very cool. Yeah, the the uh, and so they can lead to other things like unexpected. Um, so after that thing with the trio, that improv trio I was talking about, um, and I gave them a a really unusual like Bulgarian scale. So, well, unusual for us, not for Bargoli. Right. <laughs> so, um, and I've, I've had these dreams about other kinds of ensembles I'd like to lead. Yeah. And um, so my chairman was saying, what, what other things should we be getting? It looks like we'll have a little money left over. And I said, I want an oud. Nice. Yeah, because we're going to do some things unusual scales with the right instruments yeah. <laughs> and yeah we're not doing enough and we've kind of had a departmental conversation about you know we're not doing enough world music and, you know yeah. kids are getting that on. okay i have an idea and i said um we have requinto guitars oh fantastic and we have um we have an acoustic bass guitar it's not a guitaron but i said hey how about a latin american slash mariachi whatever yeah, I said, yeah. I'll, do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Fantastic. I said, I want to get to Rome, though. And <laughs> so, um, it, you know, <laughs> the more I think about it, this is a selfish thing, too, because I'm having fun with it. <laughs> That's allowed. We're allowed to do that. We're allowed to enjoy what we do. <laughs> and if the science is right, and in my life experiences are right, I'm creating new pathways. Maybe I'll stay. I, absolutely, man. <laughs> absolutely. That's fantastic. <laughs> so very, very cool. So uh, what um, do you have? Do you have anything coming up? Like, do you have any, are you and your wife doing any programs, any recordings coming up here? Well, we're just coming out of our sleep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you been practicing or getting into new repertoire at all or? I hate, I hate to admit this, but no. Oh, I understand completely. <laughs> I'm playing a wedding gig this weekend, and I realized that I have not, I mean, like, really, I haven't practiced solo guitar for, for about a year. And, and oh, my gosh, am I rusty. And I, like, I started to practice. I like, what? who practices for wedding gigs? I don't practice for wedding gigs. I'm practicing for a wedding gig because otherwise, <laughs> like, I'm going to look like a guy who's never played guitar before. <laughs> I, yeah, I did one too. A, a flutist friend of mine, we, you know, cheap book. Um, yeah, I, I do hate to admit that because I've been really a consistent practicer. And I, I, I do what I teach. You know, I practice what I preach. And yeah, sure. Um, I try to be a good model for students. And I love performing. So, yeah. and I love challenging myself. So, but I've been in a fog and there's been a personal thing too but i lost my father with covid oh i'm sorry to hear that my god my mother had it too and now she's oh. in assisted living and oh it's not that's terrible i'm really in sorry jersey. to hear that i didn't know that and in, in new jersey which was in the bubble that i can't yeah. go there and uh -huh. trying to take care of everything remote has just that's one thing that's drained me it's really challenging oh. um but things are starting to move forward now. I'm able to go there. And um, I, he, he passed in January. And 
I was almost nothing I can do even financially because the bank said I had to go in person. I said, well, how's that going to happen? Wow. So, you know, it was, it was stressful. But anyway, the fog is lifting in every sense. I'm able to go there next week. We're actually going to finally have, have his memorial service. But, but um, I, I'm not trying to make excuses, but that with everything else. Um, oh, that's, that's tremendous. I mean, I'm finally, uh, I've, been, I've been dreaming about all kinds of things, like dreaming. I do have a huh. project. I do want to say a project, though. Um, which is com is completed on my end, and that is a recording um, of new music and some recent music by Ian Krause. Oh, and, cool! And Ronald Pearl. Excellent. And the uh, the 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 linchpins of those the 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 anchors of of that recording that will be out in the fall is. Um, a like 28 minute sonata by Ian Krauss. Um, I can't tell you the whole stack story of it. Because <laughs> is it a solo piece or is it for, for solo sonata? Solo sonata. Oh, fantastic. Um, Phantasmion. Um, huh. And he has in the, in, the, in the score, I'll just tell you this. I think it's eight pages of notes about the piece. Because because it's a the setup is this. Krauss didn't write it. He says okay. he found it. Oh my gosh. He found this piece that was written by um, the main character in a in a in a um, a Poe short story. Oh my gosh. The Fall of the House of Usher. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So he says, and if you if you recall there's a scene in the fall of the house of usher yeah. where usher is playing the guitar. right roderick usher's yeah I, it's it, they, they, i think pose describes it as being a fantasia or a, a fantasy or something on a theme of carl maria von weber so, is that described in the story yes oh my gosh which is oh a real my gosh. So yeah. here's here's the thing get like get this so this this is a, a sonata written by a fictional character, right, in a story. Okay. Who plays a real piece. Right. By 19th century composer called Maria von Weber. Yeah. That's what that's drew fantastic. me. That's what drew me into the piece. And then that I saw. Fantastic! I love this so much. Was, and and I and I learned that. <laughs> and then I sent a demo. And that is a demo. I mean, I just wanted Ian's input. Yeah, in this. sure, sure, but, sure. He said, well, Scott Tennant recorded, Scott Tennant, I'm sorry, not recorded. He gave the premiere of it and then put it away and never played it again. Huh? And I mean, I kind of got why, because it's like 28 minutes long. Yeah, I mean, that's it's the big. hardest thing I've ever played in my life. <laughs> I, in the recording session and some of the concerts I played, I was on the point of risking my hand. Okay, yeah. Um, Ian Krauss, I don't know if you know him well or not, but he yes, has, yes, he was yeah. Huge. yeah, and he, he he writes he writes beastly music. <laughs> well, I sent this to him, and he said, he said, he said, you you he says, you you embody this piece. Oh, please record it. He said, nice. no one's been able to get to that point. 
And I said, nice. Scott, can I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when I, you know, in the, uh, it's, it's, I see why he would put it away, really, sure. honestly. But I was, I was already in. I was already yeah. all oh, in. That's on fantastic. It. And it's an incredible theatrical piece. It, it requires some theatrics because, okay. you know, Usher goes mad. Right, right, right. And there are foot stomps and written in a piece. Oh, fantastic. And, it's, you, know, <laughs> you, just, and you, you have to go mad to play this piece. Oh, wow. Um, I love it. It killed me. That's so cool. I love it. So there's that. Um, and then... Um, now I'm wondering, like, what Poe, how he knew about Carl Maria von Weber and what he knew of the guitar repertoire and, like... Oh, of Poe? Like, yeah, that's 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 a fascinating thing right I mean, there, you know. No, he still lived in an Poe still lived in an era where salon music was really common. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. So Weber's instrumental music. Yeah. You know, in fact, there's there there are guitar and piano pieces. Sure. You might have heard something like that. So. And who was playing guitar in Baltimore at the time? You know. Boyd <laughs> and Gorin, maybe. Oh. Huh? Um, or uh, Crick lived there for a while. He lived in the oh, East. Oh, really? Crick lived in in the Midwestern state, in Mid Atlantic states. He moved like really? Jersey, Baltimore. Yeah. Huh. Well, there's there's a there's a mind blower right there to think you know that that Poe would have would have heard him play. <laughs> you know who knows? But amazing. So there's that that that's a. a you know, big part of the recording. And then Ron Pearl, I recorded his uh, My Name is Red. Okay. Which is with a um, um, score to tuning. And he liked how I played that. So he wrote me an impromptu oh. um, that uses some of that interlacing left and right hand stuff he does. And that, um, I'm really honored that he. Yeah. That. And then some pieces that to, to, Buttress both of those composers. Um, Drury Crow, uh, uh, that Bill Cannon guys are recorded some years ago, of crowds. And, and so there are two existing pieces that people know, probably. And then these two pieces that nobody knows of these two composers. So it's called East Meets West. Okay. Um, and if that, when Ian said, you know, I was working with him, he's producing it. Um, and he said, what do you, wow, what do you, do you, have you thoughts about the name of this? I said, oh, it's easy. We're on the West Coast. He's in the East. Yep. <laughs> there you go. And my name is Red is based on a book by Orhan Pamuk, who's from Turkey. Okay. That's East. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wrote a piece. You're a West Coast composer, but you wrote about Edgar Allan Poe, who's the East. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's easy. It's all tied together. That's fantastic. When 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 do you when do you suspect the recording will be out? Uh, in the fall, early fall. Okay, great. So it's done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Great. Very very cool. I'm, I'm excited about that as as much or more than uh, any recording of. Yeah, I can understand why. Yeah, sure. Is is that gonna is it gonna be uh, re released on a label as a hard copy CD? Are we still doing that these days? <laughs> I think we're I think we're like so many I'm things. St I'm still doing it, but I don't know why. I used to, you know, other than you know, again that inertia thing. I want to do it. I like doing it, but uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it's there's something weird about doing it now, and and but I don't know. So like I mean, the thing is, I'm an old fashioned person. Yeah, I'm still yeah. like in my hand. Oh, I know. 
oh yeah 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 like i i miss i still miss the 12 inch album cover and oh, you, you know you could actually read it without that. you know in a magnifying glass and you know those that, that i have a, that's, I have a huge collection of that. i love it it's so engaging because you know uh it if you want to change tracks, you have to get up and go across the room. <laughs> Back in my day, Sonny, yeah, you know, it's you know, yeah, I, it's, it's snowstorm, you know, right? But that's, I mean, isn't isn't that how people of a certain age? I'm going to include myself in this. You know, it wasn't that part of the experience, though. You know, sitting on a bedroom floor with a little turntable and your headphones or whatever, and you know, I mean, I don't think I don't think that happens. Nothing happens like that now. There's there's no. There's there's no modern corollary to that, and and as a recording artist, like I I'm still baffled about what I mean. Should I even be doing complete quote albums or you know just just releasing tracks at a time and how and I mean it's well, not that anybody ever like well not that I ever made a, a lot of money selling recordings anyway but now i'm even making less because you know i have to have a million plays on spotify to make a dollar and it's like <laughs> i don't even tell people my music's on spotify I yeah <laughs> i just i just don't know how it's like that that's part of the, conf the confusion is like what what are we doing now what's has anybody figured this out um i don't think anybody has i know that people are trying all these different things but it's like what but what what exactly when somebody says okay i'm making a record what what does that mean? And what are you going to do with it? And what do I do with mine? You know, it's such a strange thing. But again, like I keep doing them, <laughs> not stopping. You know. Well, there's there's some movement. There's some movement towards uh, equity for creators. Um, and you know, for instance, I jumped on. Um, I jumped on with uh, some streaming companies that they're. Their pay is better. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Um, so, so here's an, here's an example how it, it could be. I don't know if it's an easy fix, but just but um, it's a fair fix, right? <laughs> Without getting into the weeds. Okay. So Spotify, for example, if if the track doesn't finish, it doesn't count. So if somebody's oh, listening, really? I'm tired of that. Now. The ones I've I've signed out signed with, and and there's some out there, trying to do the right thing. You get paid by the second of play. That seems like a reasonable approach, I guess. You know. Right, right. So you have a chance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a free sample anymore. So um, there's that. The the huh. other thing is uh, I've been reading. I I don't know because I haven't done this, but I hear vinyl is back. I, you know, sure. It's, um, it's, uh, I think, I, I don't think it ever necessarily really went away. And there's always been this kind of like, like subculture of people who, you know, really yeah, have, have kept it alive. But yeah, it seems like, it I seems mean, like you're seeing more of it for sure. Yeah, and and new mean, recordings being made. Yes, that's, that's my point. New vinyl, right. Yeah. And, and um, I think it's related to, I mean, I don't know what the demographics of its, of its purchasers are. But I think what's happening is that um, it's, it's part of what, whether they're new people or of my generation are drawn to the things that we know are, are right. engaging about that. Well, oh, what about like program notes? Right, all right, of you course. Know, um, credits beyond the composer and the artist. Sometimes you know, sometimes they, they, they concatenate composer and artist. Like, what? Well, 
Right. What? How do I search that? Um, so the what was I going to say about this? Uh, uh, um, still haven't shaken off my COVID fog. <laughs> uh, okay. So what am I doing? Uh, yeah, I've signed with with streamers who pay by the second. Uh, and 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 think about this. Like if if you even even for the whole play, here's the difference. Um, where it's hurt classical music or jazz, like yeah. long form music, right, um, right. a track is a track. Right. How's that fair? How's that right. equitable? So um, the hurt to those genres, especially, um, is terrible. So, um, and 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 what I missed too, from the that was in the CD format, and on. Um, vinyl is you know again notes about stuff sure so look the, the thing i told you about ian krauss's piece and he wrote eight pages of single type amazing about the whole background on this amazing um, you, you, nobody will get that from this piece right. Right. and, and uh, or my name is red it just says my name is red it doesn't say based on a book by orhan pamuk it talks about the 14th century you know i mean <laughs> right right of course of course um, and then they're long, then they're long form too. Right, right. Um, so if we're going to engage people in long form. So are you going to, are you going to release, release it on vinyl? <laughs> oh, um, that, that's up to the company. I think it's going to be Noxus. I'm not sure. Okay, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know that they're in vinyl. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I am thinking... I'd have to do more research to if I do my next one. Yeah, I, I'm, I've never I've never done that. Like I was, I when I started getting into recording, you know, like high school and college, it was you know that was that was when vinyl was kind of like on its last legs, you know, and and I don't I don't remember at the time even even in, in the pop and rock world. You know that I was interfacing with. I don't remember. I I know I don't ever remember anybody I know at that time who was who was pressing vinyl. Um, yeah. you know, oh, we love, let me, oh, let me tell you this little related story. Um, so my last solo record, which was a all for music for the ten string guitar, um, included a piece. I mean, there were programmatic pieces like La Source de l'Exemple. But, uh -huh. And I have a piece I wrote called um, Siren Song of Evil, Homage to J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh, cool. That has a story. Um, and and there's a couple other pieces that are sort of somewhat programmatic. Okay. And you wrote them for the 10 string? Yes. Oh, cool. And and so it's everything for a 10 string. And there's a Manhon piece that no one's recorded because it's for an 11 string. But I discovered that. I discovered that. I discovered that. I discovered and that's a long fantasy. It's like um, 17 minutes, I guess. Okay. One movement fantasy, you know, unpublished, um, Latin American blind, you know, composer for 11 string guitar. Yeah. So that's on there. Okay. So you, you wouldn't know anything about that from the, the CD or, you know, or downloads or, you know, streaming. So, so. One of the reviewers of it said, unfortunately, there are no program notes about this piece, so I can't tell you much about, it. you know. <laughs> you that see? That's sad. Yeah, now, it's terrible. Uh, now, 
the unfortunate part of that, it, I, I learned a lesson because on the site, it's a sound set uh, label. On the site, if you go to the site, it says notes. Mm -hmm. And if you click on that, my right. notes are there, but he yeah. didn't. Yeah. I, yeah, I've, I've done that on my website and I, you know, I was like, out of all of the pages on my, on my website, you know, which doesn't receive a ton of traffic anyway, <laughs> those are the ones that receive the fewest hits possible, you know, like, nobody ever clicks on them, but it, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't just not do the notes, you know, like this, it's, right. especially if you're playing interesting stuff and, and doing interesting projects, you know, you want to, you want to share that with people and let them know yeah. about it and, yeah. and enhance it. I hope it enhances is the listening experience you would have do would hope like you know I, th I think it does and and there was a sign of it right there from a reviewer i mean he went on to write about the performance and the, and the pieces as best he, he could. was being lazy if you ask me <laughs> whoever that might have been <laughs> but but there are a lot of people like that yeah sure um, sure I don't want to blame them. I want. I'd like to respond to that and fix it. So right. Um, there, there, there are letters to the editor. Yeah. <laughs> we still do that, right? <laughs> I've even thought of, and this will cost me more money, and I <laughs> buying buying little stickers and putting them on the CDs and saying, for more information <laughs> about this recording. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you probably have your website linked on, your, 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 the website link printed on the CD cover somewhere. I mean, again, you know, I, I know everybody's busy and I know that, that you know, when, when people are doing review jobs, often it's, they're doing it as a favor and they, you know, not for compensation. And those, those people are as busy as the rest of us, but my goodness, do your job, man. <laughs> I won't I won't say the name, but this was in Fanfare magazine, which is a review magazine. It is. My gosh. Okay, I was uh, yeah, I I'm going to I'm going to hold my tongue because I was I was I was making other assumptions. <laughs> After we're done recording, I'll I'm sure we yeah, I'm sure you know what I'm saying. Um but uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting though. I mean, it's like you know, and again, this idea that uh, here we are, creative people doing creative things, and and nobody's quite figured that out. But that doesn't mean you know we just keep doing it. You know, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's that's crazy. So let's let's talk a little bit about you know just it, you mentioned the ten string guitar, and that's a that's kind of an unusual thing that that not not a lot of people are are doing. So and and you have kind of I mean maybe. Now I'm hearing you talking about playing contemporary music and, and uh, composing music and these kinds of things. So maybe maybe I've, I've unfairly pigeonholed you by calling you a 19th century specialist. But uh, we, we should talk about your activities <laughs> that way and, and how, you know, the, the multi-string guitar and, and your understanding of the evolution of that in the 19th century and, and how you got into that and playing chamber music with piano, which is... Unfortunately, an unusual thing. I think guitar and piano is fantastic together myself. I think it's great. And uh, I, I'm fascinated by, even, even with a modern piano, I'm fascinated by how it can work so well. I mean, you have this beast of a thing that is so freaking loud, and yet you can play with it, and it works, it works, works really well sometimes, you know? So anyway, talk to me about that stuff. Um, well... Uh, I, I'm I'm I am eclectic, and and it it doesn't pain me when someone says I'm a 19th century. <laughs> but 
But, it, you know, it's circumscribed. You're bigger than that. You know? Yeah. It circumscribes my world unfairly small. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. well, just from the recording standpoint, um, so, yeah, I have a recording with my wife, uh, which is period instruments, forte piano and original 19th century guitar, right? That, that's, we wanted to do that exactly that um, because it's so unfortunately still unusual for people to hear that. Yeah. And then um, you know, my, my solo album, um, the one already released, uh, is mostly 19th century, uh, the whole span of it, plus my piece, which is new as a composer, and then a piece that was written for me by Daniel Crozier, who okay. um, won a Met Opera um, award for his opera. So he's, he's someone that's beyond the yeah. guitar world. Um, so, but that's not never enough. People still say, well, yeah, he's not. Um, and then, but then, okay, so um, this new one I told you about coming out is all yeah, 21st century. Absolutely, yeah. Are you, are you playing that on a six string or modern instrument? Or are you playing? Yeah, modern. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Double, double top guitar. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a recording with a flutist. That's the music of Robert Fruwald. It's all new music for guitar and flute. There's a recording um, where I'm on uh, Byron Petty. It's all late 20th century okay. music, modern guitar. So, so you're not a specialist at all. <laughs> as as according, according to your recording catalog, it's, you know, you're, you're all over the place, which is great. Yeah, and then I did an arch lute recording. Oh my gosh. Of uh, Couperin, I was playing, um, you know, Continuo with Anthony Newman. Oh, fantastic. And Rana Askew's project, she's the flutist in the uh, So. Um, I, you know, I just, uh, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to buck that, but, but right. I'm, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, well, maybe, I mean, that was, that was your first recording you said, right? And, and maybe, maybe, you know, that was, it served as kind of your introduction to the world and, and maybe, you know, I mean, sure. the only times I've seen you perform, I think have been with, with the duo with your wife. You know, um, so maybe the, just just the visibility of that, right. you know, um, but uh, I, I mean, and, and, and that's, that's that's exciting to hear about all this other stuff. It's like, whoa, you know, all these other things that, <laughs> that we could talk about, too. That's great. I, so. There's a category for it. I'd like to be called an eclecticist. <laughs> yeah, great. You know, I yeah, I, uh, I'm attracted. I, I it's it's a fancy way of me saying that I, I kind of I'm easily bored and I think um like I, I, I tend to I tend to absorb myself in something really intensely for a very short period of time and then I get bored and then I move on to something else, you know, and, and it's it's probably it's it's probably the uh the, the, the result of an, an indisciplined mind or something, but you know <laughs> I, I yeah I like I like that eclecticism I like I like that better that's that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah, I've, I've, I've yet I've yet to see that category <laughs> right 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 <laughs> but anyway it's uh, no I, I I don't mind that I'm gonna do what I do anyway and yeah. uh, um, hopefully with this new recording coming out um, which is only modern guitar only yeah 21st century uh, uh, that that'll 
do something. But, but I, 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 that's not my purpose. Uh, frankly, sure. like, like that album, as you said, it has a, a kind of a overarching theme or program to it. That's kind of how I like to operate. I mean, yeah. my, but my, my concert programs are like that. I, I find a piece I'm really excited about and I try to build something around that. Sure, sure. Whether relate somehow. Right. And, 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 it, and it, the real reason for that, Carl, is that keeps me engaged practicing. Of course. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Absolutely. I, I, I just, I work that way. I need to yeah. work that way. I, my wife complains about it. <laughs> it's unique, unique but it's the only i'm sure it's the only thing she complains about though of course <laughs> <laughs> uh no i but she'll say you know you you know you need to learn some three or five minute pieces and i start to do that that's when i that's when i get disengaged like, oh. yeah that's boring <laughs> I, I, it's just it, for good or bad. Yeah. I, I'm not drawn in with those. Yeah. And I'm, re I need something like, I kind of read books like that too, frankly. Yeah. You know, I read long epic things. And it's something to do with my brain that uh, somebody else would have to explain. <laughs> well, I think, I think there's something to that, you know, if, if you're going to, if you're going to spend the time on it you know you want it to be substantial you know you, you want to you want to know you want to feel that that reward of yeah i you know this is this is something i can sink my teeth into i get that 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 totally makes sense to me yeah um yet it's yet it's contrary to everything you and i were talking about with our kind <laughs> like, right uh, let me like swipe left right now <laughs> and that's all i've heard 10 seconds of that track let's go up right 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 oh it's like this it's like the you know it makes me think of the slow food movement right you know like to, to counteract that 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 fast food movement it's the same thing the slow music movement but i'm not talking about tempo <laughs> it's kind of talking you know consumption it's and that's I, I i absolutely get that and i i think you know one of, one of the things that you just said that makes me you know, it reminds me of, of, of something that I think is important too is, you know, when assembling up the when assembling a program or being involved in a project, it's nice to have those underlying threads kind of tying it all together and wrapping it, you know, wrapping it up and, and connecting everything. Even if, you know, you're the only one that is perceiving that, you know, and but it, it I think I think it really it's very helpful for you to keep like you said to keep you engaged. In, in the process of, of bringing that up and, and, and making it into something more than just, hey, you know, I'm going to play this piece. I hope you enjoy it. You know, I think that's, that's, a, that's a really kind of really kind of cool way of, of going. So, but uh, yeah, like this idea of, and I want I want to, I, I know that <laughs> you, I don't want to pigeonhole you and I, I'm so happy to hear that. Go ahead. You're, you're wrong, but I, I, one of one of the things that that I constantly find myself running into is this idea of I th I think we have a very distorted view of the role that the guitar played in the musical and social life, especially of the, the early nineteenth century. And I think there's a fog and a shadow that was cast over a lot of our repertoire for various reasons. Um, but I'm like I'm constantly telling my students and, and anybody that will listen to me, you know, just 
there is so much chamber music like from the early 19th century and and that people just are completely unaware of. So I'm, I'm, I want your top 10 list of, of music that, that guitarists should know about, you know, and specifically guitar and piano music, because you have, you have a lot of, a lot of interest in that and you've, you've explored a lot of that. And I think it's a world that is really, I mean, if we're going to talk about chamber music from the 19th century being ignored, I think the problem with the music that's been the most ignored is the stuff for guitar and piano. So, yeah. I want your top 10, top 10 list of, of music to check out for guitar and piano. Okay, sure. Um, well, I'll start with the, like the small and move to the monumental because they're, they're, they're both. Um, and far and away, uh, that repertoire is dominated by uh, opera, operatic potpourris. Okay, sure. Or, or simply theme and variations on popular opera themes. Um, and, and, and that's a story that tells a bigger story about chamber music in that period, your, to your point, mm -hmm. that um, there were no soundtracks to buy once you left the opera. If you wanted to hear it again and the opera troupe had left town, I mean, you're in Vienna and Vienna was dominated actually not by Beethoven, but by Rossini's operas. They were always sold out. They were back many, many, many more times in town with concerts than Beethoven. Sorry, but that's just... <laughs> I love Beethoven, but the, yeah. the reality is, you know, those tunes. And you can, you can look anywhere and his uh, variations and potpourris and his music... Yeah. Forget, put Giuliani out of the picture, even. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and it's everywhere and in every format, because what you would do, again, no CD players to rehear the opera, you know, no soundtrack to buy. You had to make that music at home. Now, what drove that market? What drove the market is people going to these places called posteriae. You go to this, this place that are scribes writing as fast as they can write, to your specifications. Hey, my wife and I play piano, and we just heard Tancredi over Rossini. Can and he says, Yeah, I know Tancredi. Yeah, you want it for piano and guitar? Okay, you know, come back next week. Amazing. And, and that, that's how it happened. So, um, and, and, and and so okay, in the guitar and piano, much of it is that. Probably most of it's that. Okay. The stuff that was original is, is less, but there's some really good stuff that anybody can play, really. I mean, amateurs with some good experience. The Molino three nocturnes are great. Okay. Um, that, there, the two, or, two or maybe three of those are on our CD. Okay. I, I can remember it. And then um, Carulli wrote some great stuff. Of course. That's yeah. pretty easy. Um, there's some virtuoso stuff from both of them, Molino and Andre. All the Italians did. Right. Uh, um, Giuliani, right? There's, there's uh, on the virtuoso end, um, Giuliani wrote, co-wrote uh, uh, piano and guitar duets with Marshallese. Oh, right. And, sure. Um, a couple other names that I can't think of, but were well-known pianists there. They collaborated and yeah. wrote. Is there a Diabelli in there too? Uh, a Diabelli piece? 
No, did he? Did, did Giuliani co collaborate with Diabelli, or is my my mind just making I'm, things up? Okay. Not that it's not. <laughs> yeah, and then Listen, I know Diab what the Michelle's, yeah. Diabelli Sonata. Yeah. It, it, it's really good. It's really, yeah. I mean, that's good music and um, something you can sink your teeth into, anybody. Um, there are two huge pieces by Giuliani. Then there's a, a um, and I'm, I'm going to use this next one of Giuliani's as a segue. Opus 65, he, he wrote as for a guitar and string quartet, but then he okay. arranged it for piano and guitar. Um, and so that, that segue is now into the string repertoire because the other thing that's uh, neglected by guitarists is the guitar and string rep. Right. You know, whether it's trio or a quartet with guitar. Sure. There's lots. There's just oh, yeah. so much. Um, and we hear the same ones. Well, we don't even hear the same ones now. <laughs> we hear the same one. So, so, <laughs> well, so now I'm looking, I'm thinking about my list of recordings. Only two out of six are solo recordings. Right. So I'm living that. And you. Love yeah. Chamber Good music. for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here at, I'm sitting in the hall, the atrium for our concert hall at Radford University. And I require, where I'm teaching, I require chamber music. Good for you. Is that they, they study it and they must perform it. Um, so they're aware of it. Yeah, right. And the, my point to them is 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 a point for for all of us really um you know in other businesses people carry their card or mm -hmm. you know, a thumb drive here's my cvs on this and um for us our best networking is playing with other musicians absolutely yeah. and that means not guitarists right because right. they're out of work too Right. Let's <laughs> you know. It, 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 I don't. I don't know that. I mean, I, I'm a. I am. I am a self-loathing guitarist. I will. I'll, I'll freely admit that. But I think, you know, guitarists existing in a world that only includes guitar, other guitarists and guitar music and only going to guitar concerts. It's this strange kind of cultural weirdness. And 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 then then you'll hear. You know, you'll hear scuttlebutt about not being accepted in the wider world of classical music. It's like, well, that's because we're not participating, you know? I mean, okay. we, yeah. we, we want to be taken seriously. We don't act in a manner that other people who take what they do seriously are going to take us seriously. It's our, it's our, it's our own responsibility to, to, to do these things, to be, to be knowledgeable about a repertoire, to be good musicians. Oh, my gosh, what a concept that is. You know, and, and I always tell, like my students, I always tell them, dude, just, just it, with, with a few notable exceptions, don't listen to guitar music. If you want to learn about musicality, don't listen to guitarists. Listen, listen to pianists, listen to string quartets, listen to singers, you know. You're, you're going to learn about phrasing from those folks, you know. Yeah, people that, that know they have to breathe to phrase. Right, <laughs> exactly. As as, no, they think, I say, well, you're not breathing there. Why do I have to do that? What do you mean? Right? <laughs> So the yeah. first thing I do is I pair them with a singer. That's awesome. That's the best thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, or a flutist, right? Yeah. Someone has to use their breath and you mm -hmm. have to figure out, negotiate the phrasing with yeah. them um, as well as timing. It's, it's phrasing, sure. not just timing. Yeah. Phrasing. So uh, yeah, I said, and it's fun. And, uh, and I, 
you, I, I don't know of a reason why you wouldn't want to do that, right, except right. you might you might feel inadequate. Okay, the first time. Well, I think you're right. I think it exposes. I think it exposes some <laughs> fundamental deficiencies that we all tend to develop, you know, or develop with because because we're specifically because we're not playing chamber music during our early developments, you know. I think it's. I think it was Claire Callahan that, that first pointed this out to me. You know, this idea that. You know, but if you have, you know, just a, an average mediocre string player, by the time they're graduating high school, you know, they've they've interacted with major repertoire for their instrument. They've spent most of their time playing with other instrumentalists. You know, like they, 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 the idea of like just a, a solo violinist playing solo violin music. I mean, that's that's a rarity. That's an oddity. I mean, even if, the, if the, all they're doing is playing with an accompanist, that's still a chamber music situation. And they spend most of their time in large, like a symphony orchestra, a string orchestra, that kind of thing. So, that, you know, those fundamental music musical skills about listening and playing in time, you know, are really solid and really well developed. And, and meanwhile, we have, you know, young guitarists, if, they're, if they get any really disciplined training, you know, before their late adolescence, they're lucky. And but still, it's all a very solitary and very subjective process, you know, and it, it was, yeah, when I, when I first started playing with other really, really good musicians, you know, in college, I, it was, it was a, it was a rude awakening. And I was like, wow, I thought, I thought I understood what rhythm was. No, you don't. You know, I, th I thought I understood about phrasing. No, you don't. You know, like, so. One of my teachers said to me, um, and I've, I've, I can't remember the jazz musician who was saying something like this. Like, hey, hang out with someone who plays better than you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We always yeah. do that. It lifts you up. Mm -hmm. uh, and and again, I'll say again, it's it's fun networking. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know why I thought of this, except maybe that first teacher. But as an undergrad, I made it a point of buying having at least one piece with every instrumental combination. Of so, and as an undergrad, I found a piece for bassoon and guitar by Grupp. Amazing. Oh, yeah. how cool. And because I wanted to, <laughs> I just figured it this way. I'm learning in our music history and everything else. I'm sure. learning about them. They're not learning about me. Yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, let's not take that as a negative. Like, why shouldn't they learn about guitar history? No, I should, I should Flip know. around. I need to know theirs, and I need to know mine and invite them into that. And there was a, a second thing that started to happen. You know, I find a flutist and I, uh, hey, can we, can we read through this? Yeah. And, and then, you know, come to find that uh, she was doing a lot of weddings. So she asked me. There you go. Right. Not the other, my colleagues, you know, my fellows. Right. Because I was, I mean, I had to have already been playing pretty well in sight reading. Sure. Well. Sure. So that was already a goal happening from the teaching I was getting, but also with this like, hey, can you sit down? Can I sit? Can yeah, we sit of course. Of read? course. That well, thing. Like you said that's that's networking right there, like in action. Absolutely. So did you ever find anything for guitar and tuba? Um, no. Okay, we we have a quest. <laughs> oh, you found the hole in my rep of my French horn, French horn and trumpet, but not. <laughs> How about that? I don't know too. Wow, you you do it. You're right in there. <laughs> well, I just I, I just was like, 
you know, curiosity struck, you know, I was like, wow, really? Because, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen some stuff for, I've seen some stuff for guitar and trouble. Yeah. And I, I immediately was trying to think of all of the, the unconventional, you know, what would be, what would be really strange. I've seen guitar and trombone. Actually, I've played guitar and trombone. I don't, I don't remember what the piece was, but it was really cool. Um, I, I've not seen guitar and horn. That, uh, that's, that's, that's an interesting, uh, that, yeah, that's an interesting one, but, uh, Oh, yeah. In, in fact, uh, there is a, is a trio or quartet. It might be a quintet by Molino that has French. Really? Rhythm. Really? That far, that far back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I like so, I like Molino a lot. I think he's he's one of those guys that should have been talked a lot more about or, and, and sh or should be talked a lot more but I think I think Carulli is the king of, of that world and he's you know I, I think in recent years people are starting to pay a little bit more attention um, but I think I think Molino is is in that in that in that group of people I played a lot of his music and I find it really interesting like I don't I, I can't quite put my finger on it but it's um, there's something his, his approach to some of the right hand figuration is is I, I don't. It's just different from what I've seen in other composers' music, and I really, yeah. I really like it. And there's a sense of drama in his music. That's um, really, it, it's exciting. You know, I, I, I've really enjoyed and that, digging the into textures, that. So. There's, there's some subtlety about the textures that separate him from the others. Yeah, yeah. So he, he was. Um, I think I, I remember reading somewhere he was a violin professor at the Paris Conservatory. Is that, is that right? Am I thinking? Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, the implications of that are, are just, it's mind boggling. And you know? so many of the, that generation were, you know, doublers or, or more. Right. Of course. Yeah. Willie and his father, they were uh, singers. Singers, right. Yeah. Yeah. Alenyani sang in opera. That's right. It was an opera song. Um, but let's see. And, and uh, there's a vocal method. No, it's not by... I think it's by the father and the son of the Carulis. They they wrote a vocal method too. Really? So, uh, um, I know I know that that in Carulis out, but I mean, first of all, his opus numbers like go into the three hundred somethings, right? Which oh, is yeah. nuts. Um, and then there's there's seven methods. I know that there's in the in the repertoire there's seven. You know, and they're not all solo methods. There's one on there's one on solfege, and there's one on accompanying. Um, uh, you know, it's it was just just it's tremendous, and and how, why don't we know this? That's why we should know this stuff. I remember when I was in school, there was a, um, a, one of my roommates was a pianist, and he was talking about his his pedi or his repertoire classes, um, and I think it was an, as an undergraduate, you know, and they, I mean, they were required to know every single opus number of of Beethoven and Chopin and list. I mean, they just they had to know that stuff, you know. And like, I'm I'm embarrassed to say I, I I don't know that with major guitar composers. I mean, I'm I might be close with Soren Giuliani, maybe, but like still, there's a lot of holes in that, you know. But it's just that approach is like we we need that, and I think the ignorance that we have um, about a repertoire is really really sad. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. And, you know, and, and another lesson in there that you were mentioning about um, is the range of what Carulli's activities were. And in St. Domino and the oh, others, absolutely. especially among the Italian composers, um, is one of the lessons there is that they, 
they tried everything. I mean, they were right. real positions. They were broad. Absolutely. Narrow, you know, in depth. Yeah. So well, I, I always describe it as, you know, they were firmly active. Like they, it wasn't, they were completely immersed in 100% in the musical culture of the societies that they, that they were living in. You know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't an ancillary thing. They were right there in it doing it, you know? And, and I think, you know, we, we, we need right. to know that and we need to, we need to know that ourselves and we need to remind other people of it. And I, they, that's one of the things that I'm always telling people too, is like, Hey, look, if, if we don't know it ourselves, we can't expect other people to do it, do that work for us. You know, all, all of the lamenting about why is a guitar covered in musical, in music history textbooks? Well, it starts with us, doesn't it? You know, and I think that's a, that's a big, big thing for me. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just, the chamber music thing is is uh, it should be an integral and essential part of that. Uh, the reasons we've just laid out. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't. I wouldn't want to live without it. I just right. Can't imagine not working with other musicians. Right. So what what is the most interesting piece for guitar and piano that you've run across? Um. Interesting. Yeah, in that period, or just every well, just just in, just in general, yeah, just you know, oh. uh, hmm. some something that comes to mind, like, well, people should really know about this work, and they don't, and it's it's really awesome, and it's guitar and piano. Well, the Grand Duo Concertants of Giuliani. Okay, I don't think people know that at all. That's that's one he wrote with Moschelitz. Okay, um, and you can tell that they. They each somehow wrote their own part. <laughs> okay. And I, I look at that, and Pam and I, we, we read through and we think, how, how, how did that work? How did they do that? <laughs> right. It's not, a, it's not a short piece. Yeah. So I wonder how many times they got together uh, and did that. Because they would have had to like agree on themes or something, you know, or structure, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. That they agreed on, but the the detail otherwise, because I'm looking at, um, I was looking at, um, if you look at the piano part, you don't see anything sort of guitar influenced in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the configuration. And you don't see piano sorts of things in, in the, the Giuliani guitar part. And yet it, it all works. It all works, yeah. And, and it's only a supposition that they co-wrote it. You know, okay. Together, because I can't see Giuliani writing that piano part. Writing for piano. I can't imagine Mussolini's knowing the virtuoso level that Giuliani had raised it to. Yeah. I just, I, just, I don't, I can't see that. It's, that's intriguing at that level. But it's a good piece. Yeah. You know, um, I'd say that one first because okay. I think even among us. You know, and I'm, I'm saying like musical academics, whatever. I, I think it's it's just not known. That's why we're thinking about recording. We had not. Oh, that okay. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very um, cool. People don't know the merits piano and guitar pieces. Right. Which is strange. Be, yeah. I mean, that, that that's odd to me because it's like everybody knows that his wife was a pianist and, you know, like, and his, 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 his guitar, solo guitar textures are, you know, kind of piano influenced I think I think that's one of the, the the hallmarks of the sound of his music it's like huh 
this is a guy who was paying attention to what was going on in the piano repertoire, you know. Uh, right. But, yeah. but yeah, again, it's odd that... that uh, and now, yeah. that's, a, that's a collaboration that makes sense because they live together. Of course. <laughs> but I wondered if Moshley's and Julianne, and there's a Hummel. Oh, yeah. Piece, which is uh, a potpourri of uh, national themes, which is, it's kind of fun. Yeah. I, I would say it's a great piece. Sure. But I, I always think it's interesting, too, when when we see that, you know, Hummel, Hummel was not a guitarist, right? So we have, here we have a, a non-guitarist writing for our instrument. And I, I, I'm fascinated by that. I think that's, that's, that's from all across the entire historical spectrum. I always I just think it's really, really interesting to find find those examples. Like, here's here's a guy, like, and especially if it's like a major composer, um, you know, here's a guy that, that thought enough of the guitar to write for it, and, and isn't that cool? So, yeah. Got the uh, Hummel, yeah. I think it's, a, it's certainly, as an aside, a side point that really speaks to the power of Giuliani, his reputation, right? Yeah. To work with all those people. Sure, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, and again, convince you know, them, another, them that. Yeah, and we can do this. Another, another example of, of a guitarist being, you know, absolutely woven into a vibrant musical culture. You know, so yeah. very cool. So we're we're about at an, at an hour and a half here. I don't, you know, I like I, I don't ever put a time cap on any of this stuff, but uh, I'm, I'm uh, maybe it's a good time to. To kind of wrap things up here, and and uh, unless there's anything else that uh, that you want to talk about, but we can also continue to discuss if you'd like. I <laughs> I don't know. I I I recorded an episode with Tony Morris um, from Classical Guitar Live radio radio show. You know, he he and I went to school together, so I've known him for forever and ever. And the uh, the episode was was over three hours long. <laughs> I, I had to chop it into two actually to. To, to, you know, because I, I just, I just like thought, yeah, this this needs to be split into two. But, but I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think we can, we can kind of wrap things up if, if, if you like. And I, you know, I appreciate you being generous with your time, and it was, it's been great talking to you. Um, yeah. yeah, and and, may, and maybe we can, we can do another one sometime, and we can, we can talk about some other stuff. But really, yeah. really, really great to connect with you and, and and hear your thoughts. I really appreciate it, Robert. I, I really enjoyed talking with you, Carl. Thanks for the opportunity. Just. Uh, been a long time and but uh you look well i'm, I'm it seems like everyone's treating me well i'm glad yeah, to see that things are things are okay so yeah great well thank you robert this is carl Woolwind of columbus classical guitar thank you for listening to this week's episode of the guitar on my knee podcast for more information and past episodes please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or carl Woolwind guitarist on facebook